Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and this week I am excited to be joined by Julie Anglesey from Renovating Made Easy. Now, Julie has been flipping houses here in my hometown of Perth for the past nine years. So through a declining property market and with a divorce thrown in, Julie has been able to renovate for profit thanks to her thorough researching strategies and down to earth number crunching system. Julie has been running in-person workshops for five years, teaching participants her step-by-step system for renovating for profit. Students have gone on to create, confidently create chunks of money through smart renovations and to start realizing their financial dreams. She is now ready to release her How to Renovate for Profit online course. So renovators from all over Australia can access her simple system and become clear, focused, and confident house flippers. So. Uh, I am so thrilled to have you here, Julie. Thank you for coming onto my podcast as a guest. Thank you very much for having me, Sarah. It's, it's quite exciting. Thank you. Oh, good. Now, I will just say for my listeners, now we are in the middle of a series where we're speaking to amazing female entrepreneurs that have started a business over 50. And Julie, this is you. <laughs> yes, it is. I started my business when I was about 53, I think. Um, basically, I had flipped a couple of houses with my husband. Um, I was over 50 when I started that as well. Um, And we did quite well out of those two quick flips. But um, unfortunately, my husband and I split up after the second one was finished. And um, when we did our flips, we were both working full time. So after we got divorced, I was basically on my own without that second income basically and my income wasn't that high working in a high school for in Mm -hmm. admin so I just thought to myself this isn't me for the rest of my life till retirement I actually probably won't ever pay off my mortgage if I just stay doing this so I really want to start flipping houses I know that we had a good formula going and we did it successfully so I'm just going to start doing that myself from now on. Wow, that's so brave. So in the middle of A, being over 50 and B, going through a divorce, which if anyone's gone through is not fun, you decided and were inspired to kind of go, I'm going to do this full time and start my own business and leave the security of your job. That's so exciting and terrifying all at once. So how did that feel in those early days? Um, Like I really just did not think about it. I just thought if I think this through, um, I probably won't do it. <laughs> so um, I just knew that being in a job was not going to get me to where I was going to be. So I knew I had to leave that in order to free up the mental and physical space for me to be able to move forward. Oh, and, you know, I think that um, from, like, the, the statistics are very, very clear in terms of women and where we end up at, at retirement in comparison to our male counterparts, whether we're married or not. We always have less super. We're always in a financially disadvantaged situation. So you kind of looked into that crystal ball in the future and decided that wasn't going to be your journey and thought, right, I know how to do this. I can, you know, I can move forward with it. So you yes. then had to kind of go and buy some property and start that flipping process. So. Did that yes. was that something that was you know easy for you to do, or how did you find then going up against banks when you had to borrow money on your own, all those kind of things? <laughs> That's a great question, and 
The answer to that is I knew that I would I had no borrowing capacity because I had no job. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I had a mortgage on the house that I was living in. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so to to add to like yeah, having no job, um starting a new business and like not actually knowing where I was going to get the money from to actually perform these flips. Um I I I just kept just following my nose more than anything mm-hmm. like it, it, it's not really something that you'd recommend people to do necessarily but um I got invited because I'd done the two flips with my husband I got invited to a property investors meeting to just do a presentation on the flips because there was a couple of you know like unusual things about how we bought and sold them and stuff to make them work um which people thought was an interesting story so I presented um, at a property investors meeting. The next morning I had a phone call from a lady and said, I love what you do. I want to flip houses. I don't have any experience, but I've got money. Can I joint venture with you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful story. And do you know the interesting thing about that, Julie? Although you said um, following your nose isn't good, I genuinely believe we don't follow our nose and we don't trust our instincts enough. And we think we have to know every step in the path ahead of us. And actually we don't, we have to kind of have some faith. And I talk to people all the time and say, oh, what are your instincts? How does that feel? And I think if we listened more, especially as we get you know you know the more the more miles we have on the clock the better our instincts I think become Um, so you know we have that advantage of as older women of being able to have good instincts and trust those so I love that that led you down that path and you found this perfect match for yourself with someone who a had money but no experience what a dream (laughs) so fast forward nine years (laughs) so you now have this really successful flipping business and you've been running workshops and teaching people and now you have an online course and that ticks all my excited boxes but um talk to me obviously along the way i'm imagining that wasn't a linear path of success (laughs) no definitely not there's been a lot of frugal times in between but Mm -hmm. um that to me that wasn't really an issue because it was just myself in the end that i had to look after for a while i was looking after my teenage daughter and my grandson um I don't know like I actually don't know like I I think I just kept following my nose as as I said before (laughs) and everything just always fell into place really um Mm. so yeah for the past nine years with all the flips I've done I haven't bought any of them myself I've had joint venture partners for all of them brilliant so yeah um Sorry, I've forgotten exactly what your question was then, Sarah. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just saying that you haven't had a linear path of success and you said definitely not. You've had some very frugal times. And I guess now, I mean, this is, there's nothing that can teach us that what experience does. And so having been in business for a long time, um, what do you feel are some of the big lessons that have come to the fore that you're like, oh, I wish I could have not learned that the hard way? (laughs) Um, I think really for me, I wish that I would have promoted myself a little bit more. Like I have been promoting, you know, like sharing on social media, um, you know, I had a Facebook page, you know, forever, but I haven't really spent a lot of time on building my list and really getting myself out there enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do wish that I would have done that uh, quite a few years ago because, um, you know, now that I'm ready 
to do an online course, I would love to have a decent sized list. <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, um, I, I look, I, I 100% resonate with that. And I'm in marketing and I should have known better. And I have only been list building probably actively for the last three years. And I've been in business for 11. So I'm yep. not the pinup girl for doing everything correctly. I totally get that. But the I, I think that often um, we look back and and think I wish I'd done things differently and list building is like you know planting a tree the perfect time to do it was 10 years ago and the next perfect time is today and so I always try and say to people don't focus on what you should have done because we all like I feel mortified that I didn't focus on list building in my business and then of course like you once I started launching digital products we rely on that so heavily so it's a common lesson that I hear with people so don't be too hard on yourself Um, but let's talk about what is it like running a business when you're older because I think that it has, I, I um, sometimes go to networking events and I see these girls and I feel like they're children because they look like the same age yes. as my children. And I'm so in awe of the fact that they started a business because I definitely yeah. didn't have the confidence. Um, yeah. And as we get older, we kind of have a little bit more about us in terms of, oh, I'm going to have a go at this rather than being too tied to success or failure. Yes. So when you started your business, is this something you imagined you were going to be doing for a long time or how did you view it? I, it was funny. It's really is funny because I've never actually considered that I have a business. To be oh. honest, <laughs> I, I, it just felt like I'm just doing what I'm doing. Yep. And so what I'm doing is finding properties um, that need renovating. I'm talking to people and I'm sharing on social media. And so it hasn't. <laughs> That's running a business newsflash. <laughs> but to, in my head, I haven't had a proper business. Like I've. Yeah, it's it's weird. Oh, um, that's so interesting. And so you you probably have a little bit of imposter syndrome going on, like I'm just yeah. doing this thing and I'm not you are actually running a very successful business and the fact that you've supported yourself for nine years is yeah. testament to that. So your industry that you're in the building sector, traditionally yeah. very male dominated. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and how I'm do happy you... with that actually because yep. um like I, all of my tradies are males and I get on well with males. I, I like the fact that they're just down to earth and they just get on with the job and there's no fluff, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. But I think me being the overseer of these projects or the coordinator um, and me being having been a mother of three and a wife um, and running a family home and, a biz, you know, um, and having a job and, you know, like all the rest of it, I just feel like it, it doesn't even feel difficult for me to coordinate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's a benefit being a female doing this, what I'm actually doing, but I like having a lot of males um, that I work with. Uh, and and how do you find them in terms of how they receive and how they, how they enjoy working with you and how receptive they are? Is that something you've... Um, because I think traditionally we often imagine that building sector to be decently sexist and I'm not sure that the younger generation particularly are. So how, how's that experience been for you? No, not sexist at all, to be honest. And a lot of my guys are older as well, you know, mm-hmm. and they're all very respectful. It probably helps that they know that I'm organised as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I haven't felt any disrespect at all 
or That's any sex. So heartwarming to hear. And yeah. um, do you feel like I, I imagine like you've been doing this for such a good amount of time now? You probably feel very confident in terms of this is what I want. This is my expectation. So I imagine they perceive you as quite enjoyable to work with because you're quite, yes. you know, what you want and they're quite prescriptive, which I think is always helpful for whenever you're working with someone. Um, yes. From like when you do, you ever have to pop into Bunnings and wander around thinking, oh, look at me doing this, and there's a bunch of blokes in there, which there often is. <laughs> How does that feel? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm not a tradie, so I actually don't even really know what I'm doing. But I go to Bunnings <laughs> all the time and I quite often go to buy the taps and the bits and pieces and then I bring them back and it's the wrong stuff, so then I have to go back again. So, <laughs> but, no, um, it's enjoyable walking around Bunnings too and looking at stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I imagine you're absolutely awash with ideas and excitement and blooming and, oh, I can do this. Yeah. I, I I find myself doing that in Bunnings when I'm only doing a tiny little reno in yeah. my home. So I totally get that. So you've, you've created this amazing, let's, it's not, you're not even calling it a business. You've created this amazing business where you get to do what you love and you get to share that knowledge with others. So in terms of when you're running workshops, um, what kind of people are coming along to those? I'm really interested to hear mm. that. Mm. Um, a lot of people are people that have done other property courses to learn either how to renovate or how to um, do property development. But um, a lot of the people, what they've learned, a lot of it is remote uh, sort of stuff or online stuff. So they really have needed someone that they can trust um, and come and actually do the work in class so that they know, particularly when it comes to, to research stuff and feasibilities, mm -hmm. when they're doing stuff on the computer, if there's someone there, like I'm there to help them if they get stuck, they can just quickly ask a question. And then I just feel like they learn so much better when they're in the classroom situation than if they're online. And so basically they've done courses before, but they, there's still gaps in their knowledge, I think. Mm -hmm. So then Amazing. they come to me and then I fill in those gaps. Brilliant. And so your course that you're launching, um, I'm imagining that's going to tap into a whole load of those gaps that people seem to have had it along will. the way. Yeah, it definitely will. There'll be, um, there's a lot of um, like PDFs with um, like screenshots and that kind of stuff. There will be um, small video tutorials for specific things to um, to research and understand. But yep. also there will be a Facebook group where we'll have live calls as well. So we'll have that little bit of um, live stuff going on. So the interactivity. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, I so find that good. that is the thing that has people get results. And mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about actually not just having an education course but having something that helps people get results. Oh, I love that. So yeah. I have to, I, I have nothing but admiration for you because I've been in business a long time and it's only kind of three years that I've been doing digital products and digital things. And I feel like I'm like a baby again, learning how to walk. And it's like a starting a whole new business because there's so many skills to learn. So um, we won't talk list building because you already said that's been a challenge for you. But what's been the biggest hurdle that you've had to step through now that you're starting this kind of new avenue in your business? Um biggest hurdle or really, which is the ones that have annoyed you if there's lots of them <laughs> yeah, it, it's tech stuff for sure yeah um so you know like i've got a youtube channel so i upload quite a lot of videos onto youtube mm -hmm. um 
and which I find, you know, it's, it's straightforward and it's good. But then whenever I come up with a tech problem, I, I do get a bit frustrated because I really don't know how to solve them. And I just and I know that the tech issues are usually something that's very easy to solve if you know how to do it. <laughs> I, I say it to people all the time when because people come to me and I often am solving their tech problems for them. And I go, like, oh, how do you know that? I'm like, everything's easy when you know how. <laughs> I know that tech stuff is easy, but like, I, you know, sometimes I'll spend a fair bit of time on it and I can't solve it. And uh, I find that frustrating. Do you know, it doesn't matter. I, I'm a very tech person and I still bump up against my own shortcomings constantly. And I have yeah. to even um, sometimes be nice to my teenage children so they can help me. <laughs> but but i don't think that um anyone ever gets across tech um because it's such a fast moving sector and things like oh i know how to do that and then they change something like oh now i don't know how to do it (laughs) so i think that it's probably not something we should be too hard on ourselves and i think that we often blame our age for not understanding tech and it's like in reality, it's fast moving for everyone. And I think it's our cap- capacity to embrace that. And I find myself even now, um, like, I don't want to get a new phone. I don't want to have to learn it. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> uh, I think the age thing is that I'm a bit scared of it, whereas the younger people aren't. Like, they're happy just to click and click and click. Oh, yes. I'm scared that I'm going to click and then delete everything. <laughs> and I think that trepidation, I do watch my children um they're fearless they're so like like literally they can have zero understanding of something and they will just like you say try and click and navigate around and they don't care whereas i'm like what if i break the internet (laughs) and i um that's the age thing i think I think it is, but I think it's okay to kind of own that. And I, I try and be brave when I have moments of like, oh, I don't, sometimes I just procrastinate on things because I'm like, I don't want to do it. I want to learn it. I've had enough learning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I relate to that too. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I've got a, a question I'd love you to have a think about is that um, for women who are over 50, I think we often feel like it's too late in life to start something new. It's like, oh, my career's behind me. My, you know, lots of our good years are behind us in some respects. But what advice would you give to someone who was thinking about starting a business and maybe thinks that they're too old or it's the time's passed? Yeah, definitely. The time hasn't passed, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you've been a mother and been bringing up children, I feel like it's just the time's just starting. Mm. Um, You know, like you think you've still got, you know, you've still got at least another 25 to 30 years. So, like, there's a lot that you can do in that that time. And also, I I just feel like you want to be engaged in life and being fit and healthy, like, physically and mentally. Yes. As well. So there's just so much enjoyment to be had in life that I just feel like it's always worth starting something new and exciting, really. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I, and I, I can really vouch for that whole, I think our, 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 our families and particularly our children become such a huge focus that when you suddenly have that space and that capacity, you're like, oh, I'm ready to get started now. And if the, if the external world says that's not where you should be, it can feel really like, no, no, I, that's actually really where I want to be. And I think we definitely need to hear more of that. It's your time now. I really believe that for so many of us women, once we step out of that role of mother and wife and we kind of go out there into the world to find ourselves, we're, nobody's embracing and telling us and cheering us on, are they? <laughs> And it's interesting, one of the ladies that I interviewed in this series and talking about it, um, a lot of people when she started her business over 50 kind of thought she was having a little hobby as she was winding down. 
Right. And I think this is a really common thing that we bump up against. So um, I am thrilled to hear of your story and I'm so excited um, that you're having so much success and and successes, um, you know, like someone who went through some hard times in terms of getting divorced and starting a business and leaving a sensible job. Um, I, I, I sincerely hope all of my listeners are very inspired by your journey. So um, any parting comments you'd like to share with us um, before we wrap up? <laughs> No, just um, it's just so much fun to be doing what you love every day, mm. and I do love what I do every day. So, yeah, why why not just keep doing that? <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, look, um, Julie, thank you so much. I I will just say, everyone, Julie is sitting in her car on site at a renovation, talking to me today because she's so busy. <laughs> So I do sincerely appreciate you giving up your very valuable time to talk to myself and my listeners today. Um, for all of the listeners, um, all of the links will be in the show notes to connect with the fabulous Julie. Um, and also, um, hopefully on her website, you can check out her soon coming um, online course on renovating, which I think is very exciting. So thank you so much, Julie, for your time. It's been delightful speaking with you. Thank you so much, Sarah, and I hope that um, everyone has a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of your lives. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you again to all my listeners. I'll see you the same time next week on The Social Circus. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.